This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. So you didn't call him, but you challenged his right to vote or have his ballot challenged? No ballot. Mr. Turner. You have been challenged. Is this an attempt to remove to a lot of that Democrats, black people no, from isn't. voting? Get out of my house now. Voter fraud. Law enforcement is going to the houses and places of employment and making people afraid to go out and exercise their rights. Open clear. We have a visual. And today to come out and not be able to vote, it bothers me to my core. My life was on the line, you know, I could go to prison. If I just commit suicide, this would be over. Stop voter fraud. They raided a voter registration office and tried to send all of these college kids to jail. Call our voter fraud hotline. Tonight, Governor Campus signed that controversial election bill. He signed Senate Bill 202. If you go back to the bill signing, you will see Governor Kemp sitting under a painting of a plantation. Time to do something if we don't get it back in November. Brian Kemp is preparing to ban books. Whose vote? My vote, not his. Are you removing black voters from the voter rolls just so you can win this election? What you just heard is an excerpt from the new documentary by Greg Palast titled Vigilante. We've been promoting Greg's return to this program for some weeks, and it's, it's really, it's, it, today's the day. I do want to quote from some other people I had to say about what Mr. Palast has done. Noam Chomsky said that uh, Greg Palast upsets all the right people. The Guardian has said he's the most important investigative reporter of our time and funnier than Michael Moore. And Randy Rhodes said, the top investigative journalist in America and the funniest. There you have it. And he's our favorite guy when it comes to anything to do with vote suppression and election chicanery. So it's our great pleasure to say welcome back to Radio Parallax, Greg Palast. I'm thrilled to be back, actually. This will be airing Wednesday on KDVS, which means a lot of people will be able to get in their cars and drive down to see the premiere you're having at... At the Grand Lake Grand Theater Lake. in Oakland. You yes. know, that's, that's like the fanciest, biggest theater on the West Coast. It's where they premiered Black Panther. So that's in Oakland, Grand Lake Theater. And that's at 7 p.m. on Wednesday the 19th. And then uh, a week later, uh, the Hollywood um, showing at uh, sponsored by the ACLU, and that will be on October 19th. If you go to GregPalace.com, you can find out where these showings are. There's Milwaukee, and then pretty soon, National. So go to GregPalace.com. You can find out where this stuff is happening. I'd love to see you okay. in Oakland. That's be today, later today. And if, later we, if you today, missed that one, car, man. If you missed that one, go to L.A., the Lemuel Theater on the 26th. Keep driving. Right, yeah. just I want to talk about your documentary here a little bit. You've, uh, you've, go, you've got out of the way to explain to people what is going on down in the state of Georgia. Right. The, the documentary is called Vigilante, Georgia's Vote Suppression Hitman. But if you think it's just about Georgia, baby, well, <laughs> you, are, you are a very nice, naive person. 
as I explained in the film, for nine years, if you follow Greg Palace, my stuff, I'm an investigative reporter for BBC and Rolling Stone and the Guardian newspapers. I've been covering uh, what we politely call vote suppression for 22 years, beginning when George Bush supposedly won the uh, election over Al Gore. But uh, uh, Brother Jeb, Jeb Bush, in Florida, removed 58,000 black men from the voter rolls. He said that they were felons who couldn't vote in Florida at the time. I would remind listeners, that's when you got on our radar, when your summary of that appeared in Harper's Magazine. It was very to the point. It came across in America and through Harper's and columns uh, by Paul Krugman in the New York Times and uh, in Slob, but we got it into the USA through Harper's finally, and where uh, George Bush literally won the presidency by 538 votes, not counting, literally not counting 58,000 African-American voters. So this, I thought, well, that's it. I did this big story. Okay, move on. No, no. They succeeded because Bush was inaugurated. They said, okay, well, let's, let's roll this sucker out nationwide. So I've been fighting every, basically every election, every two years, every federal election, every new whack-a-mole gimmick that comes up. And the latest one, which is why the film is called Vigilante, is... This system of vigilante vote challenges, what does that mean? It means that instead of the state taking your name off the voter rolls or the state stopping you from voting, saying you're an illegal voter, any Georgian citizen, any citizen of Georgia, can challenge the right of any other Georgia citizen to have their ballot counted. Now, a lot of states have this, except Georgia added a new twist last year with a new law signed by Brian Kemp, its governor, saying that you can challenge an unlimited number of voters. Now, what do I mean by unlimited? You just heard that clip from that guy who sounds like Doc Holliday. He's a, now, he's a vigilante, but as he says, he is a vigilante voter hunter. He is, as he says, he's chairman of the Republican Party in Columbus, Georgia, and part of this Republican State Committee, very powerful guy close to the governor. He personally personally challenged 4,000 voters. 4,000. Hands in a spreadsheet. So, and including, you heard the guy, and you could, uh, maybe you could tell by his accent, maybe not, he's African-American. He's a career military officer. He is America's, um, he's the uh, America's expert on warfare of the future, fancy name. And some of it's not so futuristic because he just, um, redesigned an anti-tank weapon for Ukraine. In fact, it's, that's not in the film simply because uh, he said, I don't think the Army's going to be so crazy about the fact that I took home an anti-tank weapon <laughs> to work on. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he is the guy who comes up with the, with the stuff that is meant to protect us and certainly is protecting Ukrainians. Well, I got to ask, right, where did our Doc Holiday want to be? Where did he get this list of 4,000 names? Ah, now that's the trick, right? I want you to see the film for a good reason. If you go to gregpalace.com, you'll find out where these showings are, including the national showing, which will be on a couple, uh, November 2nd, by the way. That's the first time you even mentioned it. It just came out. And the reason I want you to see it is that you got to see this guy. He's dressed up. Like Doc Holly, like a vigilante, he has a, a pearl-handled six-gun. And, um, Doug, I think you, you saw the film, so you know that he, that quick-draw, this guy, the, the quick-draw vigilante, takes about a minute and a half to pull the gun out of his holster. He can't figure out how to yeah, do he's, it. Yeah, he's no Val Kilmer. 
Well, let's put it this way. He ain't, he ain't no Doc Holliday, or maybe he is, uh, you know, uh, who is, for those who didn't, don't remember your cowboy movies, Doc Holliday was the real-life vigilante who was the uh, deputy to Wyatt Earp, and they had the shootout at the OK Corral. But the other thing that this guy mentions, you'll see in the film, is that Doc Holliday, the reason he fled to Oklahoma, to the lit out to the West, is that he actually murdered a couple of um, at least two uh, black soldiers during the occupation of Georgia. He's a Georgian. And he, he, they were swimming in his watering hole, and he didn't like black people swimming in his watering hole, so he literally shot them while they were swimming. So that's when he had to take off for Oklahoma. This is this guy's hero. He got this list from a group called True the Vote out of Texas. This schmuck didn't come up with 4,000 names. He doesn't even know who these people are. No. And so True the Vote came up with the 4,000 names there. True the Vote also came up with 32,000 names, which were a list submitted by, uh, you'll see her, a woman named Pam Rudin. She's another GOP operative. She challenged 32,000 people. Now, how does one person challenge 32,000 people? She said she couldn't even print out the list. She had to put it on the thumb drive. And she tried to block 32,000 people, and she wants to block them now from voting in this November's election. While this vigilante stuff is, is a national issue, Georgia itself is not insignificant. It's a, it's a rematch between Brian Kemp, the, the governor who came up with this stuff, and Stacey Abrams. And most important, uh, Reverend Senator Warnock is running for re-election against Herschel Walker. Now, I know, if you're a coastal, you're thinking, why is that even a race? <laughs> well... <laughs> I know. Uh, that means that you haven't, if you ask that question, you haven't been to Georgia. Herschel Walker is one step below the Lord. It doesn't matter if he beat his wife. He beat the Crimson Tide. Well, there you go. That's everything. So it's a neck-and-neck neck race. And the only way the GOP, and I'm not being partisan about this, just so you know, I've gone investigated Democrats. I don't, I don't let anyone off the hook. But in Georgia, and in most states right now, the big attack on voting rights, all 88 vigilantes, every single one, is a Republican operator. The Democrats, and I want to give them props for this, because a lot of people say, well, why don't the Democrats just challenge a half a million Republicans? I'm glad that they don't play that game. I don't think that that's the right thing to do. I think the right thing to do is to expose this and end it. But I want people to catch the film for a simple reason, that it is, as you saw it, it's actually a movie. It's an, it's, it's an own, its own strange way, funny and horrific and dark and entertaining, I hope. I hope you found it. Well, to those who get the chuckle out of Borat, they will find many similar moments in, in what you put together here. Yes, but see, Borat goes for the humor. I'm just an investigative reporter. These people just do so, You know, let's face it. The guy shows up like Doc Holliday with a, with a, six, a loaded six-gun. I want to emphasize that. A cowboy hat. And, you know, and, and what happens in the film, I'm not giving away too much. No, no. This soldier that he challenges, whose vote he stops, he goes to the guy's house, and he does his little southern shtick performance. It's like a performance thing he does. And he doesn't realize he's in the house of, a, of the soldier who's voting challenged because he said this guy doesn't live there. And then he comes out of his kitchen and introduces himself. Uh-huh. You know? And then that's when it becomes poignant. Now, it's not always poignant. In the case of the woman with 32,000 votes, she, um, 
She's armed. She chases me out, as you'll see in the film. But this vigilante voter business is spreading from True the Vote out of Texas with big money from these billionaires from Wisconsin, because you always follow the money. Yes. These billionaires in Wisconsin are spreading it now to into Texas, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Florida. And if you listen to that list, and it's, and it's increasing, those are the swing states for the midterm for, in the, to, for control of the Senate. Well, I want to throw some numbers out for listeners because they, they appear in your documentary. Uh, you were working with Stacey Abrams at one point and some other people. They registered 89,000 people in Georgia. And then what do you know, 40,000 of them got tossed off the voter rolls. And, of course, in Georgia, you can expect – and these are black people uh, – you would expect something like a 9-to-1 advantage to Democrats based on, on black voting patterns, which means – that was tossing out 30-something thousand votes in Georgia that would have otherwise gone Democratic. This is a state that Biden only carried by 11,000, rather famously. Yes, and that's important to understand. And everyone that we met with dealing with the film, and even the right-wingers who were complaining that they were throwing off these voters, said, well, you know, our, look how close our elections are. It's like 1% of 1% of 1% uh, changes who is our senator, who is our president. And as you know, by, um, Trump famously called the Secretary of State of Georgia and says, find me those 11,000 votes. Now, you have to understand that the state of Georgia found 200,000 votes. We went to federal court. I was, I was with Black Voters Matter. You'll see Latasha Brown of Black Voters Matter in the film. Very articulate. And she's, all, she's a fellow at Harvard, but don't be fooled by that. She was, uh, she's been a voting rights street fighter for uh, decades. And, um, you know, as, uh, you know, as she says, you don't need very much. Um, and so uh, Trump called the Secretary of State and said, find me 11,000 votes, called Kemp and said the same thing. Kemp claims, by the way, that he said that there's nothing he can do about it. But here's the problem, and you'll find out in the film. Um, that's not true anymore. Under this new law signed by Kemp, which is called SB202, he has the right to remove boards of elections if they certify elections, uh, county boards of elections, if they certify elections that he doesn't like it. He, and he, uh, as soon as the law was signed, he immediately removed 10 elections commissioners, including Helen Butler, who is um, like the, the state's number one expert on voting, he removed her from, the, from a county elections board on the grounds that she was working with the Reverend uh, Joseph Lowry, the voting rights advocate, and therefore she couldn't be impartial. But he's kept all these violently. I was just at, a, at uh, the Gwinnett County uh, elections board. I was down in Georgia just uh, a week ago. And you got some really rabid, violently partisan Republicans on these boards. And it is, um, you know, so, but, but they're removing the Democrats. But that means that, as she explained, if he can decertify a couple counties' votes, like Fulton, which is most of Atlanta, that would flip that election. He could have, if SB202 were in place, he could have done exactly what Trump asked for, and that could have changed the president. Kemp has now established, when, when he basically turned Trump down, saying, well, I can't do that, he's now made it possible to where, well, now he can. He can, exactly. 
So now he can. And I think that people have to be very, very wary. The voting rights group, we did have a showing in Atlanta, of course, in all the major voting rights leadership. And they all said the same thing, which is that while this is vitally important for people to protect themselves and know about this vigilante voter attack for this midterm, they said it's even more important that the nation be ready for this because this is spreading all over for 2024, especially on the issue of of setting it up so that you can decertify election board results. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, everyone's looking forward, well, with great fear, to the midterms next month and down the road, election 2024. If, if all these people get their way, then a path has been cleared that was not previously available for Donald Trump to return to office. So I want to ask you what you have to say about that and what you noticed uh, what you were impressed by and the January 6th uh, commission hearings they just had last week. Okay, a couple things. About 2024, what's happening here, obviously this is vitally important. I'm not concerned about whether Donald Trump is re-elected president. If I'm, I'm a big fan of democracy. If people vote for him, then he's in, okay? I'll accept that. What I don't want to accept, and what clearly Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, can't accept, is letting the voters make the decision. You know, he doesn't want to let the voters decide who's governor, because he might not be governor. And he doesn't want, certainly doesn't want to decide who's going to be senator. And they can't trust the voters to decide who should be president. That's my problem with this system. And when you are having a quarter million voters in Georgia alone challenged, and now we're seeing tens of thousands challenged in Texas and Wisconsin, remember, and Arizona, Remember that Biden took Wisconsin officially by only 10,000 votes and Arizona by about 14,000. Um, exactly. And, and so the, just knocking off a few thousand voters, and you go, oops. Well, oops what? This is what hap- it happens too often. And we saw this from Florida, but also this is a real possibility. And there's something else we bring up in our film on this which I bring up the election of 1871. 1876. I want to ask you about this. Yes. People say, well, we're not going to end up in a situation. We can't have a situation where someone loses the popular vote. We know that Trump lost popular vote. But the question is, losing a popular vote and losing the electoral vote, that happened in, in 1877 where the Republicans lost elect, the electoral vote. They lost the popular vote. But under the 12th Amendment to the Constitution, you can, you know, Congress does, does have the right, as you saw with Mike Pence, Congress can say we're not accepting these results. And they didn't in that year. What happened was Dem- Southern Democrats, who were segregationists, um, wanted to end black voting rights. And they cut a deal with the Northern Industrial Republicans, so you had Northern Republicans and Southern Democrats combined to overturn the results of a presidential election. So if you think it can't happen in America, my friends, it did. And it was over the issue of black voting rights. It wasn't yes. an issue. It yes. was the only issue. Yes. The only issue. And that we bring out in the film. And it's so live, so dangerous. By the way, this is Greg Powell's film is Vigilante, Georgia's Vote Suppression Hitman. 
it's not like a PBS style documentary. You don't have white guys in front of bookcases. <laughs> the only white guy in front of a bookcase is this historian at the Georgia Historical Society. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I've got to jump in because I'm watching the film, and you've got this guy from the Georgia Historical Society. He's telling people what happened, which they should know about, but unfortunately don't in 1876. And the moment he mentions Mike Pence and how you know it shouldn't come down to one guy making the decision, then I guess all hell broke loose, and they, they kicked you out. Yes, his PR guy, <laughs> you hear the door open, says, i got to talk to you, and basically shuts down the interview. They went completely bananas. They literally threw me out with my director uh, cameraman. And, I mean, we were going in for this dull interview. I wasn't even going to use it. I was just background. But then we get thrown out. And the guy says, admits, after he gives us some BS, he admits the real reason we're being thrown out is to protect his new corporate board members. Right. Well, who are his new corporate board members? It turns out it's like the who's who of right-wing Georgia corporate elite. And that's Chick-fil-A, Home Depot, uh, Georgia Power, um, all these characters. Coke uh, Industries. Coke Industries, because it's Georgia Pacific. Yeah. People don't realize when they wipe their behind, it's, <laughs> it's with Coke Industries. <laughs> and it's Brian Kemp's, by the way, paper, toilet paper. Brian Kemp owns, he took the, the family's wealth comes, the, Brian Kemp was the first, his family was the first to bring enslaved Africans to Georgia. And that wealth they converted from, you know, cotton-picking plantations, well, it started with rice and cotton and apples, and now it's toilet paper. They have these forests, these big forests that are just chopped up, and Coke Industries, Georgia Pacific, turns it all to toilet paper, which is fine. You know, we all kind of, we don't want to wipe against the wall, but <laughs> but <laughs> be graphic about it. But the problem is, this guy pretends that he's a small businessman, that he made it on his own. In fact, he's spending money, wealth, his wealth comes from people in chains. And he, will, and he did not admit it. One thing I didn't have in the film, but like his cousin talked to me and said, what's this pretending that our money didn't come from, from people who were enslaved? That's where our money came from, just admit it. You know, I mean, we, you know, just be honest about this history. But he's panicked that anyone will figure that out. That's why we put it in the film. Well, I, I think it's fair to say, Greg, you're, this, this film is not going to help uh, Kemp's efforts to get reelected as governor. Where does it stand right now? You've got your finger on the pulse in that state. Where does it stand now in the race between uh, him and Stacey Abrams? Oh, my God, it's like gladiatorial. It is neck and neck. Forget all these polls because it's impossible. It's all about turnout and how many people get challenged. You have to understand, as you find out in the film, if you get, it's a quarter million people get challenged. Now, Stacey Abrams officially won, lost by five, 50,000 votes back in uh, 2018, and said correctly, citing my material, that she wasn't inaugurated, even though she got the most votes, because that's the Georgia system. Now, she's now saying, so that's why she's fighting it. So it's neck and neck for both races, the Senate race and the governor's race. If anyone says they know the outcome, they're crazy. You can't, because it's all these issues of suppression, how difficult they make it to vote. When I was uh, there last time in 2020, um, for example, they closed in Cobb County, which is a big suburb of Atlanta. The, the GOP officials closed 
or over half of the early voting stations, every one that they close is in a black neighborhood. Some people had to drive 20 miles to a new polling station. I kid you not. These are the games that they play. So I don't know how this all shakes out. I mean, we know demographically Georgia's the first minority-majority state of the Deep South. Demographically, Kemp should be history, and so should Herschel Walker. But that's just ain't Georgia. But don't forget, you know, you did have Biden take the state, and as Latasha Brown of Black Voters Matter said, we elected an African-American and a Jewish man to the U.S. Senate from Georgia. And she says that only surprised Northerners because they do not understand that this is a Democratic state if they let us vote. Well, across the nation, there's a lot of people who are supporting voter rights and a lot of candidates that are specifically doing their best or vowing to do their best to uh, to fight people's uh, freedom to vote. Any races across the country you'd cite that people might want to uh, get involved in? Yeah, I think, well, that's why you do want to go to gregpalace.com. And the first thing is there is a one-minute video on my Twitter, which is Greg Palace. Uh, Greg underscore Palast. Um, and you, there's a one-minute film by Yvette Nicole Brown. What do you do if you're challenged? That's, and it's at a place called, or you can just go straight there, savemyvote2022.org, and you'll see the one-minute film. Pass it around. Also, craigpalast.com. I'm going to give you a hint. No one else has heard this yet. But with you, Doug, I figure it's, it's a safe secret between us and a few thousand <laughs> listeners, uh-huh. which is on November 2nd, we're going to have a national virtual showing. Please be ready for that. You want to see this film. It's horrific, but it's also funny. But if you get this information, the key thing is that the voting rights group like Black, Black Voters Matter Fund, Rainbow Push, Southern Christian Leadership, um, NAACP Georgia, all the groups, are saying this is how you get prepared so that when someone says you can't vote, you've been challenged, you are ready to react. Bring all your ID to the polls. I don't care if you've voted there a million times or if your state doesn't require ID, you better bring it. Get ready to fight for your vote. And if you do get challenged, you might even have to go back into your county elections office. Well, I'm sorry if it's inconvenient. If you want to save your vote, this is what you might have to do. Just be prepared. Don't be shocked. Also, if you mail in your ballot, their trick has been to challenge mail-in ballots so people don't know. They think, oh, I mailed in my ballot. It counted. Most states now allow you to check if your ballot has been counted. So please go online if you've mailed in your ballot and see if it got counted. If it didn't, you better go into your county offices. So there's all these things we now have to do to protect the vote, which my Swiss wife says, What's wrong with America? I walk in and vote. They didn't ask for an ID. We don't register to vote even. You know, it's crazy. Honestly, I'm not sure I've ever been ID'd when I voted up until now in California. And you're not supposed to be ID'd in California, no. by the way. They're not supposed to even ask you. Right. But they do. That's the other problem is that there's all these rules. And you're stuck with your, that the lady behind the desk may or may not know the rules. Or she may, may not even try to be hostile, but she was told by some GOP operative, well, ask every young person for their ID or something. This is one of the things that happened. Are you envisioning chaos on Election Day on this very point? Yes. Okay. Uh, and that's the other part of it. So they challenge your vote, and they, you go to the 
station, someone says, well, you, they challenge your vote. Now you start asking questions about it. They've cut the number of polling stations. Now the lines are five hours long, and you're sitting there having a fight with the lady at the table, which is, by the way, why I thoroughly recommend that you go in person to vote, but do it early, early voting. And that's true of California, too, by the way. Go in for early voting. Don't wait in those long lines. Early voting, the places I know, especially in California, tend to be empty. Uh, election day is a bad time to find out that you've been removed from the voter roll. Good Lord. Well, we're going to see what happens on the midterms uh, in less than four weeks from now. I'm hoping it'll go well. Um, if it goes well or doesn't go well, we hope you'll come back and uh, recap where we're headed. I will absolutely recap and see you in San Francisco on um, today, okay. if you can make it, and see you in uh, the 26th, Wednesday, in Los Angeles. At that point, I would really like you to go to gregpals.com and find out about our big national virtual showing. You won't be disappointed. All right. Greg, always a pleasure. Uh, let, we've got our fingers crossed. We'll see where this, where this heads. Thank you so much.